0: Feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up. You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, That's it. Forget it. You think about it. Everything's polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. Speaking of schools, I was uh, walking the Howlett halls the other day, and I asked myself, is there life after high school? Because I can't face tomorrow, let alone a whole year of this shit. Yeah, you got it, folks again with a little attitude for all you out here in white bread land well you nice people living in the middle of america the beautiful let's see we're on uh 92 fm tonight it feels like a nice clean little band so far no one else is using it price is right <laughs> and yes folks you guessed it tonight on this horny as a 10-pecker house so stay tuned because this is a hard harry reminding you to eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework
1: in the dark. It's a new young song, fucking up. Fucking up. You bastards in the balcony, stand up, you fuckers. Get up or I'm having you all kicked out! Get up! Get up! I can see you! Get up! Get up!
2: It? I. Yeah. Oh. I think this is us. What's up? I'm Wes. And I'm Old Boy. And this is the Wes and Old Boy Chronicles. This is it it? Episode. Finish your thought. You sounded like you were about to start something and then <laughs> no. you, you tell me what you were going to do. I was going to say, this say is it. it.
1: We're going to talk about Goodfellas. It's the 25th anniversary. We were talking about it in the last podcast that it was finally going to be remastered and released on Blu-ray. Yeah, And, and this, this
2: film changed the face of cinema, man. I, I saw it three times in the movie theater. I talked about it already on a podcast. The first podcast I ever did with Matt and John of That'll Play, which I meant to bring up to you, and I'll just do it now because fuck it, why not? Um, hey man, we're going to have them on the show. What do you think? You pumped? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. We're going to do a uh, episode. We haven't decided on what we're going to do the episode on. Dude, I think I got bit by mosquitoes downstairs. On Probably. My, on my feet. Probably. I was barefoot people smoking a cigarette, a lama ding-dong downstairs, and uh, I was getting bit. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, good fellas. I mean, <laughs> it came back to Goodfellas. Well,
2: but just wanted to say, <laughs> before you, because I do that, cut you off, and I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. It's
1: all right. Tell me what you want to say.
2: I just want to say that uh, Candela Strong and uh, Matt and John are coming and we are going to do a podcast with the guys from battleplay.com and it's going to be a fucking glorious time just like good fellas
1: yeah these guys that they're they're big into film they're big into tv i mean they, they got are. their own podcast i heard it yep it's great
2: it's great it actually inspired inspired me uh it was my first experience doing a podcast talked about my experience meeting Martin Scorsese.
1: Yeah, that was that was a great podcast. Yeah, I mean, that you, whole thing that thank happened you. was like, that was like, just insane. <laughs> the first
2: fucking celebrity I ever meet, and it's, out of all the people I could possibly want to meet, the chances
1: that that's the first guy that I ever met were, it was astonishing. It's unbelievable, did not win Best Picture. I mean, it Dances with Wolves, good movie. But, good movie. But, you know, good Goodfellas, people live and breathe this movie yeah. I talk to people all the time it never ever ever gets old there was a
2: letter that came that you you, you should you showed me from uh, Morton Scorsese he puts it inside of the jacket of the blu-ray box yeah. and uh, in in this letter he explains how he envisioned the, the book as a film he yeah he,
1: in, yeah he basically said he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it from the moment that he from the read moment it. he read it yeah from the moment that he read the book i
2: guess he was aware that he was about to do something really important to him
1: right. this the you know the things that happen in their lives that it's real brutal yeah. i mean just the, just if you think about the scene where de niro is stomping on billy Bat's head we were just watching really that. It's real. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and thank God for the Blu-ray. It's never looked as good. It really
2: never has looked as good. Um, so we actually did some screenshot comparisons before. Yeah. And we looked at the old what's been available Blu-ray. Right. And we looked at the new one. And I don't think either of us realized how, how stunning of a change there is between... The pictures until we did that. Yeah. We looked at it frame by frame. I'm going to put some pictures up on the website,
1: people. I mean, they did a fantastic job.
2: They did a fantastic job here. I mean, this is a real change. I mean, the white, you, you didn't realize there was like a yellow, green yeah. tint yeah. to the old film. And yeah. I didn't know that until I looked at this one, which is pure white.
1: And the colors are vibrant what I mean you didn't notice it in the past but when you put them next to each other yes when you showed me the the, the two different screens it looked crazy yeah, right like this one's green and that's yep. the one we've been watching and now they actually have normal
2: human skin tone people in the knowing I guess know that he he has worked for I believe Twenty years or something. Yeah, with now. this woman, her she's Thelma
0: Schum- Schumacher. Schumacher, yeah, she's- and she's an
2: incredible editor, and they are each other's right and left hand, man. Yeah, yeah. You can't get across the visual storytelling, the way that he gets it across without the. I mean, moving the camera. Fine. You know, and, yeah. and framing your shots, fine, but it's the takes oh, that it. and the, the editing, editing. Yeah, just And I will give you this. I mean, I know we, we just we we don't agree on this one film by him, uh The Wolf of Wall Street. Which I gotta re I'm gonna rewatch because you've plugged it so hard hard and uh The
1: best black comedy yeah, you love that like movie. Like, forever. You really think that's amazing. Forever. Which I not I mean, think. this is a dark yeah, comedy, at all. and it's fantastic. Uh, totally disagree. Yeah.
2: Well. But, 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 I, I don't think that... I think we've said this many times before, you know, I don't listen to reviewers, but yeah. you know what I do I listen to? I listen to people I respect, whose opinions I respect. Yeah. Nothing like getting a suggestion from a friend... Or somebody who is in the know about film, whose opinion you respect, even if you don't agree with everything they like, um, if they're passionate about something, I I listen to that closer than anything. Like I, I take that to heart more than I take to heart anything a critic would say, yeah, or or a uh, newspaper. Review. Don't use that thrill ride. Thrill ride. Michael Bay is back.
1: You know, like (laughs) (laughs) they
2: always like to put those little extra things in there. Uh, Listen,
1: I mean, are you making fun of Michael Bay? I just want to (laughs) know. No, I just want to (laughs) know.
2: Oh, Michael. Um, I like things to be awesome. You know, the best thing he ever did. Yeah. Megan Fox. Other than that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> silly, silly. I Listen, think all of these filmmakers have their own know. styles, they do. man. They, they just, do, they do. I know, you know, Michael Bay. I don't it
1: know. just so happens Scorsese is just. Well, that's a. Undis- I mean, yeah, he's that we don't disagree on at all. Perfect.
2: I don't think we. disagree I think he's at perfect at all, as a filmmaker. For Wolf of Wall Street, but other than that, I don't, don't
1: worry, re- you'll re- watch yeah, it. I'm going to watch. I'm going to rewatch it. Yeah,
2: because we are also big fans of. Sc- of uh, Leo Leonardo DiCaprio Fuck all this Leo bashing man why doesn't he have a statue yet are you fucking kidding
1: <laughs> give me a break dude he's, he's a fantastic awesome. actor he's he is fucking awesome. makes the right choices for the films he takes and he is just are we you know, on
2: are we on the same page with doing a podcast about him
1: I'd love to yeah I'd love to you spend know the whole one on a retrospective just about it. yeah the whole yeah, one talking about the his
2: Aviator. Films. I mean Jesus the stuff he's endless Jay Edgar like you were saying before yeah yeah He's worked with some of the best, worked with Michael Mann, worked with all these fucking people. Yeah. Um, so, but back to Goodfellas. So it's, yeah. it looks great. It's I met Scorsese a year after uh, after seeing this. I was already into him because of Taxi Driver. Yeah. It's a perfect storm of a movie. Oh, God. The casting, we talked a lot about this over the week um, because you can't not. It no, was easy. I mean, I'm we watching this film.
1: I watched this film three times we have it on right now again yeah, and, and it's just so many great things that you know so many great things that he does i'll never forget the feeling when the first time that you hear karen's monologue appear in the film it just you were saying you that. just can't it just keeps getting better yeah the movie. it just keeps you were getting better that. and this comes in and right. then that's when she makes uh um, Tommy drive her to where Henry is, <laughs> and she fucking, just lets him have it. It's one of the best scenes. in music, she's beautiful. Oh, it, she, it just, you
2: get the attraction. It's great.
1: Yeah, you're it's, brought right
2: into it. Yeah, the camera doesn't stop. It, it, it's right with the car. I made Tommy
1: take me looking for him. <laughs> it's but great. It's great. Um, yeah, the, I mean, then you have them. You have Henny Youngman doing a stand up. <laughs> He's doing his stand up, and it's like it's Henny Youngman, and it just is, the voiceover comes, yeah. keeps going, and now these guys are doing the, uh, the, the Air France robbery. The Air robbery. France robbery. Yeah, and yeah, it just I feels like completely. you're right there with them in this world. And, I agree and that's completely. why it's even more shocking when all these things take place, you know?
2: And you're right about that, actually, about what he said. He makes a good point that at any moment, the movie could just jump off and go bad. I My, I, my personal favorite scene, when you first see Ray Liotta, when the camera does the pan up, and uh, the next scene, they go to, they go to the Bamboo Lounge Iconic. and they start introducing yeah. everybody. Mickey Eyes... What's up, guy?
1: Yeah. And then the famous two times, get the papers, get the get papers. Get the papers,
2: get the papers. Hey, how is that guy? I want to see him. Yeah. Hey, I took care of that thing for you. Pete the Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Andy. <laughs> what a world, man. Yeah. What a world. What a world. It's Scorsese, man. It's, yeah. It's, it just makes it great. Yeah. He, uh, What's up, guy? Yeah. Mickey Eyes. Mickey Eyes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Mickey Eyes. Yeah. I don't know if we even see a lot of these people ever again. After you see him, after you initially meet, do, is that an accurate statement? I don't, I don't know. That, maybe I don't know I'm if his wrong.
1: First name is Jimmy. Is it Jimmy two times? I don't know, man. What, what do you think? Am I, I wrong? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's not a big deal, though. I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought it was Jimmy two times.
1: Look, big pussy.
2: Where get he's right the there, out he's big here. pussy. Right oh, there. Oh, the fuck out! Yeah,
1: of he's here.
0: the guy with the fur coats.
2: Yeah, I got the fur coats right.
0: over
1: here.
2: Henry, it's all right. Yeah, it's I'll, put okay, them in the, yeah. I'll put them
1: in the freezer with the meat. What, you don't want these coats? No, I <laughs> want them. No. I, this is...
2: <laughs> For us to live any other way was nuts. Um, Ray Liotta. The tone of his voice. Narrator. How fucking great is he?
1: Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah.
2: As a narrator, as a narrator in this film, um, just the lines that he has, but how key, how bad narration can be and how good yeah, is in this. exactly
1: film. oh man it's perfect it's
2: awesome awesome yeah and he's good they get they just got the right guy i heard that he had uh he had campaigned to get the he wanted the role really bad and he campaigned hard to get it irvin winkler apparently didn't want him oh yeah yeah i had heard and uh so the as legend has it i think he told the story in this magazine i read he uh he had been championed to get the movie he was he was campaigning i Don't know who they were considering. And he walked up to Irvin Winkler one night in a restaurant. He saw him; They just happened to be in the same restaurant together. He walked up and gave him a speech and said uh, words to the effect of, I know you don't want me for this movie, but I'm telling you I won't let you down. Yeah, I can feel it in my blood. This is me. I've got this part. I want it. So he... He sold himself and whatever it was he said, that's when Irving Winkler started to change his mind about allowing Scorsese to use him as the as the lead. Because it's a big role. You're paying the main right, yeah. You got you got Pesci, you got De Niro. It's a fucking Scorsese picture. Is this what made him the biggest, do you think?
1: I don't know. Um not an easy question. No, to answer. it's a tough question. Yeah. I, I mean, but you would have to know exactly where Scorsese was in his career at this time. Um,
2: Last Temptation of Christ had just come out, and
1: uh, yeah, but nobody saw it.
2: Yeah, it was uh, unfortunately because of the controversy behind it. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is still my favorite Scorsese film. Uh, that's my favorite one. Wow. Yeah, that's it is. A, it's a bold thing. I that's know. a bold statement. I know, and I love it. It's it's spiritually. It I don't really know if we happy. Me. No.
1: Vincent, are we happy? <laughs> are, we happy? are we happy? Are well, we happy? Well, okay, so I mean we're talking about like
2: you you don't think Taxi
1: Driver and Mean Streets and Raging Bull and The King of Comedy. I mean I never the-
2: saw The King of Comedy. I'm going to admit that. Oh no! I know. I all right. Well, oh. I could lie. I'm not going to do that. You know what? You're a
1: funny guy, Wes. I mean, Rupert Pumpkin. See... <laughs> <I can't.
2: laughs> what do you mean I'm funny? The way I
1: talk? Like a clown. How yeah. good is Ray Liotta's
2: laugh? Oh my God! Ray Liotta's laugh. And that
1: face. <laughs> I love that face. <laughs> He's awesome. Oh my God!
2: <laughs> you might fold under pressure. No, no, you know the no, way. No, you... Tommy you got it all wrong. <laughs> you got it all. You got it all wrong. <laughs> That's where Mickey Eyes is. Oh, God. Hey Anthony, he's a big boy. It's... He knows what he said. What'd you say? Yeah. Funny how. I'm a clown. Um,
1: so, Last Temptation of Christ was 88, and Goodfellas was 90.
2: So, it was, right? He was coming off of that. He prepped this for for, for a year and a half, two wow. years. Wow. Uh, shot this. Got it out in September, right, I want to say, of uh, 90. And he got this out along with... Um, well, this came out right around the same time as Cape and, Fear. No, Cape Fear was two years later. That's when I met him. It was it was State of Grace, Miller's Crossing, and Goodfellas all out within. There was a trifecta of uh, mob movies all out around With Godfather the same time. Three. Godfather Three was ninety, and uh, same time. Uh, yeah, but that was December twenty fifth. So. Yeah, that's four of them. Dude, that's, that's crazy. Like a, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's 1990. Right there. That is serious.
1: I, I mean, maybe Goodfellas release hurt Godfather three in the theater because Goodfellas <laughs> was so insane. No, really.
2: N- well, no, no, no. I it's agree, just... uh, but I also think Sophia hurt it. I, I like Godfather three personally, <laughs> but people hated the Sophia, Sophia. thing, man. <laughs> I love, I loved her, and I hey, thought
1: that's his daughter,
2: Andy Garcia.
1: Do, you, did you like Andy in the movie? Andy Garcia is always good. I love him. So, I mean, he's a solid actor. So, Black Rain. I mean, you know, so many things I liked him and things that people have never seen. Night Falls on Manhattan. Mm -mm. He was fantastic as the district attorney in that movie. Never
2: saw it. Really?
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, But, yeah, he, I mean, but I think that I really, truly think that the release of Goodfellas in the same year as Godfather 3 is a tough thing.
2: I think it is. I mean,
1: you, you, you compare these two films, it's like, night and day no it is it is you like know it's day. but but godfather 3 is a godfather film and godfather films have a completely different feel to them um than a scorsese film then. so those
2: are two different types of films definitely um they are it, yeah the godfather i i think is like the classy well i've heard coppola say he didn't want to do the movie until he could identify with the script and mario puzo did the script in a way that allowed him to see it as you know what i'm not going to do a movie about crime i'm going to do a movie about a king and his sons okay and that's that was his approach to right, godfather right. and you can see it now that you when if you hear that and then you think about the movie the class the 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 hierarchy but the it, the royalty, the feeling that there is right. um,
1: throughout the film. But think about what... Yeah, if you think about what's missing between the two films, Godfather mm. is not funny. Right. You know, you can't laugh at
2: points, at it. it's funny, though, when... Uh, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> no, I know, it's, I know.
1: It's, hi- it's highly dramatic. It's powerful. It's real. Yeah. It's It feels like a whole other thing. It feels like, you know, an epic... Um, I'm not saying Goodfellas (laughs) isn't...
2: No, that's epic, too. uh,
1: You know, epic. That's like
2: an updated epic. Godfather is an epic. There's a class to the Godfather. Yes. um, They they try not to make it dirty at all, right? It doesn't look dirty. It doesn't look gritty. Yeah. It looks like a polished, beautiful version of the Mafia, whereas Goodfellas looks like the fucking Mafia. Looks like what really happened. And... um,
1: well, it's the time period change too. That time period change w- yeah, too, yeah. though. You're right. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So it's not just that, right? By the time he gets into the coke, uh, as Scorsese used, to, he would refer to it, the third reel. That was the problem that Warner's had the biggest, the biggest issues with. Oh, it's like reel. almost
1: like a completely different movie. <laughs> it's like <laughs> holy shit! What movie is this? Out of fucking wow. control. So right. cool.
2: Right. I, I love it though.
1: And ha- how how this filmmaker, you feel the time difference you're you're looking at it and you're saying I can feel how different the time is right now it's a whole other time period Yeah, and you feel it we're at the shooting amazing and Scorsese like I was saying before with the comedy aspect he makes dark comedic roles, he makes dark comedic films and they work on every level. Mm-hmm. And that's why his films are so enjoyable. I mean yep. just, you know, but you go back and you see Taxi Driver, that's just dark. That's, that's not dark. funny. That he's
2: not just trying. Just dark. Yeah. If, I, yeah. If there is a moment of of, of funniness in there, I, I, it's dark funny. You know, it's a real dark funny. Yeah. He's um he's trying to establish himself, but I I almost feel like he he won the Palme d'Or for that so in 76 so people started to know who he was in the film in the cinephile circles but I don't think it was until I mean then there was Raging Bull but then I think he hit kind of a slump in the 80s commercially Um, you
1: mean with the king of comedy and after hours
2: well, I don't know that those did as well, and I think uh, it started with New York, New York. I think I remember reading that 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 after Taxi Driver, yeah. he right that was, was the
1: first film he did after Taxi Driver. Was it okay? Yeah.
2: I'm I'm not sure, and I and I never saw it actually. Liza Minnelli, Robert De Niro, but I know it didn't work like he thought it would, and. Um, and I think he had an issue in, in Hollywood after that. Like, I don't think he made commercially successful movies. I also heard that he was going through many divorces. He's been married to Isabella Rossellini. Wow. Yeah, he's had like three wives. Holy cow. So, and, uh, yeah, so I know he and was having a hard time. And you see
1: he kind of like... He drifts into he he does a couple of documentaries in a row. He does yeah. the last waltz, which was fantastic.
2: I never saw that. Is um, it good?
1: It's it's great, and I love. it I band. heard it was great. And yeah, it, it was just like the right place at the right time. That's what it felt like you were watching when you saw this documentary. I, and then after that, he did another documentary. Uh, last waltz I, and yeah, then, yeah it's, mm. it was called American Boy: A Profile Stephen Prince. Most people didn't even see it. I'd never I mean, even heard of yeah. it. Yeah, really. Yeah, and then all of a sudden after that. He, comes, he hits us with Raging Bull. Raging fucking bull. Yeah. So and, then out and of nowhere,
2: and that's nuts. a powerhouse. That's a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. That shows you some intensity from Holy some God. of the goodfellas' intensity. Doesn't have... Well, it's got funny stuff, but it's dark got funny, funny stuff.
1: <laughs> but it's that funny stuff in Raging Bull is so dark.
2: Yeah, that's very dark. It's like
1: you're laughing, but you're just like, "Holy shit!" At the same time, I know, I, mean, I know. Really, I think after making documentaries, he comes up with this. It's in black and white, and it's like so darkly real. It is it's just it like is. you're laughing at these people, but you're not. You're like, "Holy shit!" You and, well,
2: know? I, I was talking about this on that one podcast. I can't forget when he's. Goes to his brother's house, and his wife, Kathy Moriarty, is following him, and he's, he's, conv- he's starting to get real paranoid and big, and he's like, did you fuck my wife? He's talking to his brother. Insanity. And yeah, and she's, she's trying to, st- I mean, it's the way Scorsese shoots, and it's the bravery of the actors. It's raw, and the camera's panning. Down the street as he walks, marches down the block to his brother's house. Oh, my God. But he's beating her off of him. Like, he's beating on her. uh, It's it's hard hard, to watch. Hard to fucking watch, man. It's It's hard to stomach. But then he goes in the house and lights his brother up. He lights up Joe Pesci, and that's just that. But then you cut to the boxing matches and the way that it was choreographed, the beautiful
1: photography of that movie. I love black and white. Oh, my God.
2: It was a real daring thing I think to do.
1: And then he was able to use that extreme amount of blood.
2: Yeah. Because of the black
1: because and white. Because of the black and if white. That was in let's color, him get away with it. Forget about yeah, it. It you, would have been no like way. it would have been like uh you have to cut to black and white right. during the movie <laughs> right. just to show those scenes. Right. Right, right, Then he did The King of Comedy and After Hours. And, and I don't know that they Did you see those when they had come out originally or I definitely did not see either of those films until probably um I would have to say 98. Yeah, that's how long it took I me. I think to hunt maybe those films I saw down.
2: I think I saw it after hours when I was younger. I don't, I know I didn't know what it was about necessarily, but I saw it Griffin Dunn, and then I've rewatched it since and I see it as being awesome because I like New York. I'm more familiar with New York now yeah. and um and I see what he was going for in it, but but I don't know. I don't know. There's just it just didn't it didn't seem like they were working but yeah. then he does the color of money yeah and i love the color of money A sequel
1: to the hustler uh yeah which and is I, fantastic
2: got paul newman his academy award and um and there it's a it's tom cruise and probably his best performance up to that point um
1: yeah, I mean, he's well, he a great director. With, Think worked, about oh, who he's he's worked uh, with. Everybody, he's he like has Charmed Life, a Charmed, a charmed life, life,
2: dude. He's just worked with the best of yeah. the best, man.
1: You have to respect him as I actor. do. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, he's yeah.
2: well, he's you know what he is. He's like you the Madonna to. of film. Yeah. You know, you have to take it off to him. Yeah. You know, he's it just definitely a, is. Yeah. He's a he's a business unto himself, and he's a hard fucking worker. That guy. You know that you got you got to give it up to Tom because he is he's a hard worker. He's starting to laugh at himself a bit now. The Tropic
1: Thunder (laughs) it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he surprised us. Yeah, he had to because he got a little into the weird zone. (laughs) He got into
2: the weird, the the jumping on the couch thing. But having
1: Scorsese. Direct him in the color of money. Ooh. That really was a big deal. It was great. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a big deal. That was excellent. I, yeah. l- I
2: remember being really young. I was twelve at the time that came out. I think I saw it when I was like thirteen, and I remember even then being really uh, swept away by the by the cinematography, the way that it was floating over the pool tables. But so
1: so I know where. So then he uh, does Michael Jackson video after that. He does bad. bad. Okay. All right, well, you know what? To get that job, he had to be the best director around. Michael Jackson probably said, get me the best director around. (laughs) And they come up with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, man. And then, bam, after that, the Last Temptation of Christ. I love and Oh, do you, my God. do you not like The Last Temptation? I've seen this movie 10 times. Okay. I love this nice, movie. Nice, nice.
2: Okay, awesome. I, I, awesome.
1: I feel this movie. Yeah, I really yeah, me feel too. this movie. I
2: really feel it. I
1: love the idea of Martin Scorsese taking that book, and, and that book asks that question, like, at one point, Jesus Christ had to have not known who he was or, you know, he had to be living. And this is maybe like,
2: he's a man,
1: right? Why right. can't, why who is it says, so hard to envision right. him as a man who is, you Who's know, to
2: say that he's not right. Right. It's not well, fair to say oh, that no. he didn't live that. Long. And I understood the controversy only a bit because I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. So I understood his plight as a, as the son of God. I, and yeah. as, as, and him tr- just just wanting to live this normal life, and you know what that was? It, I, I don't know if I read the novel. If I would have gotten that, I got it because of Scorsese's interpretation. Yes, right, because of the way he presented right. well, it. Well,
1: I I feel that he's saying Jesus had to have lived as a human and have a human soul to understand. To be a human He's right. a human being He's, He's a, man. a human being He's yeah. a man He had who, to feel The plight of man
2: And, and who says He struggle. wanted the job exactly. You know Who says and he that, yeah, It was nerve wrecking For him I think uh, And that's the way That they presented Speaking it Speaking of religion Yeah
1: The scene that's playing Right now on the TV Where, where uh, Henry and uh, Karen Walk into that club
2: The Copacabana the what Copa a scene. tracking shot! And I mean, uh, you... the a famous tracking shot. Yeah, and, uh, so wonderful. One take, <laughs> one so take. Great. It's all goddamn. Perfect. Yeah. You, and if you, you, I mean, you have to see it to believe it. And you're, like I was talking about last week with the Matrix, you're you're, you're learning about them. the world as Karen's yeah. learning about it in right. a way. You know, right? She, like, you're, you're Perfectly going. Perfectly said. Isn't Perfectly it? Perfectly said. Thank you. Yes. You're nice going. Work. You're going through. Thank you, my brother. You're going through the, the Copa. You're seeing things as she is. They're getting into the most elite nightclub On a Friday night, without any reservations, they're going in through the back door. He's walked in. He's he's brought past all these fucking people that are waiting in line. A table is brought out for him. To the front. A lamp is put on the table. They light it up. He's sitting right in front of the
1: comedian. Yeah and she is just like people are sending them drinks i mean but that whole trip through the through the back was so we were there with them yeah and then it goes to the air france Uh, and with the henny youngman we gotta
2: say and that
1: shot at night with the freaking blue sky i was just about to say to you how this looks
2: great it
1: looks amazing
2: i'm really seeing i can see some i mean is it a is it a Five star transfer, no. But is it a four star? A solid four it star yeah. transfer. They really. Did. This looks the best that I've seen yeah, it ever. Tell anybody on home who video. loves this
1: film to go out right away and buy this Blu-ray because really, this is really perfect. It does
2: justice to it, man. Yeah, it does. But it could have been
1: a little better. I said, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, if it was filmed today. Yeah. <laughs> what right. else are you gonna do? You know, right. I mean, right, it, right, it, right. it's twenty-five years old now. That's so crazy uh,
2: Yeah It's gonna be a good summer
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's great stuff man It's great stuff At
2: this point things are going so good for him too Cause he's like He's with Paul He's with Paulie Jimmy isn't corrupt yet There's no drugs yep. Nobody's gone away to yeah. prison yet And uh, Everybody's fucking happy Yeah And then comes one of the best scenes of the movie We meet the the neighbor across the street <laughs> <laughs> for the first time we don't like him fucking immediately Oh uh, we don't like him immediately what's his fucking what's his fuck what's this motherfucker's <laughs> name i almost want to go to his house
1: he lives uh, across the street from uh, our <laughs> I
2: know my whole yeah. life. Yeah.
1: Henry Bailey shakes his hand, and he's just like, you know what? Barely. Yeah, okay, get lost, buddy. I nice see, you You Take know off. that
2: guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fucking like
1: him. It's classic.
2: <laughs> he takes out fucking, like, $800 to pay for lunch in 50s. No, no, no. You got to sign for it, yeah.
1: There was a nice little bathing shoot, suit shot in the back there, and... I've I saw that. N- I don't think I've ever I don't seen think that I'm in ever. the background. No, until I, know. Now. I know. I know. The clarity is the just background. Just
2: thinking that. Yeah, it's <laughs> I was great. just thinking that. But I know Maury's wigs don't come off. No,
1: especially if you jump in the pool, cut the film, and then let him come out of the water, <laughs> change the wig, <laughs> and then <laughs> show the shot again. And
2: don't forget, they tested against hurricane, <laughs> hurricane Wins. <laughs> <laughs> splash cut, two one two five 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 hair. and then the perfect shot of De Niro getting pissed looking at his fucking commercial that he paid for while Maury's in the back with fucking henry this is nuts you see
1: what's <laughs> happening to us we are actually watching this film again we're watching and we're frame dictating frame. it we're doing you like,
2: know what we're doing we're doing a director's commentary we're doing, a commentary, commentary. <laughs> we're doing right now. a commentary track right now i don't know i don't know do you,
1: how do you how do you rate this like you know in all of these you know mob films how do you rate this like say to the untouchables i know you love the untouchables oh right? my god did do you, you think, think, just say it do you think did
2: you say it do you
1: love the untouchables did more you say than it you love goodfellas did
2: you say the untouchables i did say
1: the untouchables nuts i just fucking
2: i think the thing about the untouchables that i love the most the Palma, the, the camera The epicness Uh, My cousin works for Armani This was a big movie for Armani Because they did all of the outfits for the movie Um, You're kidding No, Armani did did all the outfits for the Untouchables Yeah, so every outfit in the Untouchables is handled by Armani Which was a big deal They also did American Gigolo but they did The Untouchables, and that's De Palma. With the, He knew his style. I, I feel like he did The Untouchables in his fucking sleep. I mean, I don't know what it was, but I feel like he did it like without even... Because he doesn't talk much about it. I don't believe there's a director's commentary out on it. But... I find it to be such maybe it was because of when I saw it. You know what? What do you think about The Untouchables? Is that a movie you like or love The Untouchables?
1: I, I mean I, there's so much Connery. to love about that film. The ca- first of all, the cast is amazing. The cast
2: is amazing. And
1: when when Brian De Palma is on, yeah, he is on. He's fucking on, because fire. when he's off, he's fucking off. No, man. I know when and you,
2: he's been off. Yeah, yeah. No, he has. And but that was the pinnacle. It oh almost God, Yeah. I don't know, it, it, the sleekness of it. De Niro as Capone, and uh, that was originally Bob Hoskins that was going to yeah. do that role. What do you want, fucko? You want something? We're seeing we're seeing Henry beat <laughs> the shit out of <laughs> we, the neighbor with the gun. We cannot let
1: go of <laughs> sorry. good fellas. Oh my God. I love the and face that it? he makes when he walks away from those guys. Oh, you're going to say it? You're going to say, huh,
0: don't, don't shoot. shoot. <laughs> don't shoot. <laughs> you motherfucker. Poor bastards. Uh-oh.
1: Other things to talk about here. Uh so let The wonderful part about the crime group the the crime group Are we and, going oh, in the I'm untouchables. We're oh, talking about the untouchables is gotcha. Gotcha. you know you yep. have you have the cops, you have the Irish cop, you have uh Sean Connery, you have yes. the FBI, you know, Kevin Costner, you have
2: Charles the, Martin Smith, right? Wonderful. They're no, wonderful. Yeah.
1: And um you have obviously Robert De Niro and then you
2: have De Niro uh, Garcia
1: member comes on as the young great. rookie oh.
2: sharpshooter and he ends up being dead fiercely loyal and uh Love he, it. He's there to the end. This is a good role. For Costner. Right. I, it's
1: not it, it's camaraderie that takes down, you know, the bad guys. It's that's what it does. Those guys really I love that. What's like, your It fi- was great?
2: Question for you. Yeah. What what's your feeling on um Costner?
1: Um, when he's on, he's on. I mean, I like Kevin Costner. I don't love him, okay. But I do. I have loved him in certain C- in films. certain films, yeah. so, right. You know, that's it's, the way that's, I feel. That's, that's how it goes. Right, right, right. You know, I, as much as i I have a bad feeling towards dances with Wells because Goodfellas didn't I win because of it. I way. still think it's a, a great movie. I yeah. still think he has great give it in that it. Credit. You know, he, right. Right. This is a movie that that uh, Kevin Costner. Breathe. You know, this is what he wanted. He really put his heart into it, and, he, and it worked.
0: It, it, it did. Was,
1: it was. It was a. It did. It was an epic, beautiful it was an, movie. Yeah. It, it's but it's not something like can sit and watch over and over again. No. Uh, you know. It's, no. It's, you know, not. It's, it's not.
2: It's not. It's not like we're doing with goodfellas, goodfellas for the fucking yeah. second time. And that's the only reason tonight. That, yeah. 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 You, you can't compare the two. Well, that's the that's the unfair thing. You can't really compare the two, can you? I mean, can you really compare two films? It's a great movie, but if you had to put them up neck to neck... Well, how do these people fair. come up with the answer? Yeah, how how do, they, do you do that? Yeah. How do
1: they say, this one is the better one?
2: I, mean, I, I almost feel... I, I, no, no, I don't almost feel. I do feel. It shouldn't be one winner. It should be fucking five. Yeah, It should be everyone that no, that's nominated gets a fucking award. You don't need to pick one out of the group. They're all fucking great. What is it, five films now? Listen to you.
1: I don't know what I man. That's a bit crazy. You went off. You I'm went a little going. crazy well, there. Yeah. Somebody has to win. What let's, do you think about let's <laughs> the Sopranos? Go. I, oh, no, well, you know what? We're talking about we're talking about mob movies, but a mob TV series that came in and changed not only television but changed mob the mob story because it, it feels like. It felt so relevant, so present day, kind of like this is how it really looks. This is how it really is, and the cast. Oh, it just and it just kept getting. I have and a better. real
2: soft spot in my soft spot in my heart for um, for the fucking Sopranos. I mean that changed television. Mm, yeah I, I I think it I think it did. You know, in a lot of ways, but it's not the one that woke me up to it. I think what woke me up to to television was Battlestar
1: Galactica, but but, yeah, you said that, and we found out it was the same year or the year before? What was yeah, it? yeah. they That's right crazy. Away,
2: that's a thing. There was this revolution that started. Yeah, I,
1: I just don't remember that like that many people watching that show as it happened. Yep, no, I don't know that many people yeah, were. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah,
2: and I mean, it went on for a, well, it's amazing. Are you, are you that, talking shit? No. I'm okay. Sa-
1: no, what I'm saying is is that not enough people saw it as it happened. No, they didn't. You know, and, they, they, and that's why The Sopranos was given that title, because a lot of people watched The Sopranos. That's very true. You know, HBO as soon as it started, people were right on it. HBO had kind of
2: advertised it. And, um,
1: and it was a little weird in the beginning. It wasn't like... It
2: wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the classic yeah, um, it, it mob morphed. story in the beginning. Well, you know, it was all about this mob leader that... Uh, was in his late 30s to early 40s with a family who was going to see a psychiatrist because he was suffering from panic attacks. That's how it started. Right, right. That is not how it, it ended. Fe- it
1: felt like Analyze This. It did. Well, that's was, the they thing. Were they to, both came yeah.
2: out at the same time. You didn't know what to think. Yeah. But then you think four seasons later and Edie Falco uh, gets on the scene. Let me tell you something. Edie is fucking solid. amazing. Yeah, she's solid. I am watching her and Nurse Jackie right now. It's their last season, and what she's done with that show, uh, it, it, you know, is great. It's it's light. It's a comedy. It's a half an hour comedy on Showtime. I think it made its seventh season, and um, and this is its last one. Funny, light. She's a complete and total drug addict. And she's a nurse. Yeah, I and, saw that first season. Yeah, she. I just love. I loved it. I love her. I, I and and I'm I'm a huge fan of hers. I was actually when James Gandolfini died, I was worried about her, uh, because she had gone on record and said so. At he that they both felt like they were married to each other. Wow, that's how close they were yeah. in that relationship um, to each other.
1: But I'm getting the feeling from you that you don't love the do you love the Sopranos? I love
2: the fucking Sopranos. Oh, okay. I just I think the show that really did it for me was was Battlestar, and I don't know why that's coming well, up. Well, the sci-fi that,
1: podcast is coming up.
2: Yeah, and I don't know why I'm interjecting. <laughs> I don't know why that came up at all. Uh, but but I mean the Sopranos. Um, so listen, I lost my job um, not recently about. Ten, five, seven, eight years ago and I was out of work for a little bit and for some reason it came into my mind, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch The Sopranos from the beginning to the fucking end. Yeah. And I did. And I developed this relationship with it. So recently so, they
1: just came out with the Blu-ray set. And now
2: it. I didn't see that. Yeah. What on. I was watching was... Can't wait to watch it.
1: Yeah. Have you seen any of it yet? I, have it sealed I know you still. have it. I can't it. wait to watch it. I, oh, really? I... Just, I It's not the right time.
2: Yeah, I guess you need to. I mean, it took me no time to watch it because I was off of work and I got through season one and then two and three and I watched the evolution of the show and I watched the production value uh, get higher and higher and I watched it get you could see as the fans found it more popular um, and it started making more money for HBO, HBO started putting more money into it. And everybody started looking a little bit better. And it's th- the cinematography started to look a little sharper. And it's like they had more time. The storylines got a little crazier. And yeah. they, they loosened the leash on David Chase to the point where they let him just go. And the show started to veer into these territories that television really hadn't. And it, you were watching movies every week. You yeah, were watching exactly a one-hour it, yeah. movie every week. And it was this is one of those one of the shows that's responsible for uh, blurring the lines between TV and film, right? You know, The Sopranos, right.
1: man. Well, I always say that um, it's much harder for a filmmaker, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying a filmmaker, yeah, to give us everything in two hours or two and a half Absol- hours, absolutely. So Coppola makes this epic, you know, Godfather one, Godfather two, Godfather three, right. And they're long movies and people have to invest that time to go into a movie theater and sit there. They do. And and then you have The Sopranos and you get to take your time. I mean, that's why the beginning of this show took a while because they were giving us like who these people are. We're like... Watching them change right in front of our eyes, you know, Very like good watching point. their life day by day. It was like almost like a reality series of it, the mafia. Well, it was. You, you know, you really... And yeah. he
2: wasn't... His mother was alive in the beginning. She died when they were shooting. but 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 he was a weaker character in the beginning. Yeah. And by the end, he was... I think he was in a position to take over New York, even because yeah. if I remember right, yeah, he
1: he, his power was growing. I mean, his he, power was yeah. growing,
2: right at the end by the
1: end of that show. Um, but see, this is the TV guys get all this time to develop characters yeah, and do. stuff, you know, and you one get, of the benefits that's a benefit. I think I think though when when you make a film though you. You've given this small amount of time mm-hmm. to really shine and to do a first, you know, second, you gotta third. You've got to be very, act. very creative on how you tell your stories. And one of the, like, you know, getting back to Scorsese right now, he, <laughs> because no, seriously, he, no, I feel he you. really, he can put Stay it all on together. on day, man. He, no, he I know. He puts it all together perfectly. He does. And that editor of his, Schumacher, she, is they're are a team to be reckoned with. They you know? are. Te- I they mean, are abs- they're just like the they way they do things. Yeah. No, the entertainment ab- level of his films, the entertainment level, the, the you know how, how it's funny and dramatic and you know everything. You know so, you were saying something to me before that I was really taken back by. To, uh, what did with, I upset you? Yeah. I you don't what? You, Donnie Brasco. You don't like Donnie Brasco, and I can't understand how you cannot like Donnie Brasco. Okay. I mean, Al Pacino and uh, um, Johnny Depp are like insane. I don't understand how you cannot like this film. They're so good. Forg- it's not the, no, You know what? Uh, Forget about it. I don't, think I don't think you've uh, seen it. Wait, did you see it? In the movie theater. Oh. Yeah, really, I did. Th- you got home. You got, to, you got to the theater. You were tired. You fell asleep in the middle. And you, you never wish. liked the film. And you never tried Let, to watch listen, it. Again. <laughs>
2: listen, you <laughs> motherfucker. You listen, I saw it, I, I I don't love it. You gotta swallow that. Um, what is it? Johnny Depp I thought overacted. Um I think uh wow, Al Pacino. That's harsh. that's harsh. Al Pacino is in his later Al Pacino phase, whereas there's early Pacino. Hey, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Aye. If you can stick if you can hide a gun somewhere, then I'll kill them both. Uh it, you know, there's that guy and then there's you know.
1: Was that Joe Pesci or Al Pacino?
2: Well, it was my bad (laughs) impersonation of fucking Pacino from the 70s. Yeah, but but you see,
1: and -ah! his character as lefty was probably -ah! the least of his overacting in all of his films. He... He does lefty on a lower level. he never makes it to that real ridiculous point where he gets he loses control no which I know a trademark for him, but al Pacino come on is hands down one of the best actors around no
2: there. he is and i love but i I just loved how like there was almost an awkwardness to him at being Michael Corleone being the Godfather in the Godfather right at first when you're listening to him with his high p- pitched voice yeah. and he's he there was something so human about him. Um, but so smart. And there are scenes in The Godfather that are so fucking brilliant. And my favorite scene... Eh, God. Well, there's two, I have two.
1: You can't nail a favorite scene. Yeah, yet. I got two. It can't okay,
2: be. the first one is... Yeah, I can do it. You I'm got six, maybe ten. Yeah, no, scenes. I might have more. Yeah, but, that's but, I'm, but I'm, that's just, all I'm, I'm only giving you one right, right now. All right, give me one. All right, so one. He's sitting in a chair and it, the room is dimly lit and sunny is talking to Tom Hagen and Clemenza is there yeah. along with, um, who's the other one? Luca Brazzi? No, Luca's, already. Luca already slept with the fishes. <laughs> it's, uh, who's the other one? Tessio. So they're all sitting there trying to devise a plan, and out of the corner is Michael, and he's sitting there with his legs crossed. He's already king. Yeah. Okay? He's just out of the army. He's only back. He, he cut his he cut his vacation short with Diane Keaton to be yeah. home because his father was shot, and now they're sitting. And then he goes there the night before to move him, and he gets smacked by this cop. The cop like lights him up. Yeah. Um, he's just sitting there all calm, and as they're all struggling to come up with a plan, you just hear him in the corner thinking it out. The first time offering a suge- a solution to the to the problem. If you can somehow hide a gun, and watching him as the—if you watch, they all go quiet, and the camera slowly starts to pan in on him as he starts to explain. Yeah. Now they're not going to tell us where the meet is, so we're going to have to—we're going to have to use one of our guys or somehow to figure out where the meeting's going to (laughs) be. Now I can't have a gun on me when I go into the, and the whole time the camera's panning in, but if if Clemenza could somehow hide a gun in there, I'll kill them both. And then they all start laughing at him. But in that one moment, as you're watching him, you're seeing The Godfather for the first time. And... Well, Well,
1: it's all it's all about family, and he knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do
2: to save the family. And how about that
1: freaking that police officer? Sterling Hayden played him. Yes, Uh, and he was in Kubrick's uh, what was it, The Killer or The Killing or Killer's Kiss or something like that. It's The Killing. That's right.
2: And what did he play? Was he the uh, he was one of the
1: thieves? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Johnny Clay was his name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Black and white.
2: Good movie. Yeah great fucking movie was it like <laughs> i mean i don't know if it's better than body bags not better than body bags. all right no, well, no what what he the was hell also is in strange love dude was he yeah well you know kubrick you know kubrick
1: latches on baby he does he says, look at this guy i like him i like him
0: Got yourself in. Your mama always said yeah. um
2: so when we move on through mob films, you yeah, know, I mean, I start, think yeah. the other the other thing about The Sopranos Who? is that it changed the face of mafia visual storytelling. Also, Big crime time. family visual storytelling. It it paid respect to The Godfather yeah. to Scorsese. It um, it acknowledged it. They did impersonations of them on the show, but it also changed. It's almost like it per it.
1: It's almost like humanized per, them. Well, well you, because it, well, it he's in a shrink. Time, he's a shrink.
2: It had a time It had the time to also. It yeah. had all those seasons that yeah. gave it the ability to do that and tell its story. Yeah. We could watch these great character arcs and get invested in these. Nobody wanted to see Pussy die. And when you see him die at the end of season two, we're all hooked, you know, yeah. at that point. Yeah. Adriana.
1: That turning point. The um, murder
2: of... Yeah. The, look, these things were... Traumatic to go through when you're watching week yeah. to week, man. Um, it really redefined what television could be. It yeah. added a class to it.
1: Um, you're even seeing the lives of his children. I mean, like, yeah, you, so watching this, them the, grow yeah, up. It's like you're seeing the lives of the children of the mafia. Absolutely. Something that you don't really see in, no, the, in the films. Uh, you no, know? That's, that's, you that's don't. what you're getting. You're getting this whole life
2: you are, you are. You're getting and a whole life. One of yeah. the
1: greatest things that you can ever do in a story is have a character um, so change so drastically, dramatically, and you know. Can you do it in two hours? Not easily. It's
2: very hard. Can I'm you the, do it in six them. seasons? You know, e- yes. yes, it's a little easier. Yep but you got to take baby steps, but now you can, you don't have to just develop one character. You can develop 20 different characters over six seasons. Yeah. You have so much time. So now there's those benefits, but don't expect a conclusion at the end of any of these seasons. So that's the downfall. It's not a first, second, third act. You're not going to get in and out of the theater in three hours and have somebody masterfully tell you a story and do it. There's, there's gifts to both ways of telling stories. There shouldn't be. They shouldn't be differentiated. I think Breaking Bad showed us that. If that, anything, yeah, I was thinking that you? just now. I swear to God, because it,
1: it, you I, know? I, was, I was contemplating going there. No, it was a, yeah. the most drastic transformation of a character oh. ever in television history,
2: and he was just. Yeah, he's the villain. He tells you fucking flat out. He's the villain,
1: man. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been able to view him as the villain, though. I mean, I, no, you feel bad. He's yeah, got cancer. Just,
2: he's, you know, he's not yeah. doing well. He's the um, struggling
1: everyman, and we want doing whatever he can to we survive. Start,
2: we start fucking rooting
1: for him. We want, we yeah. want Heisenberg to win. Yeah, you know. And I've spoken to people who actually hate him. His character, Walter White. I don't like that. Yeah, I was. Ve- I get very upset. I don't even really like to there- continue the conversation with the people. I'm like, <laughs> all right, take care. <laughs> all right, it's <so. laughs> all this is over. Yeah. We're done. Uh-huh. Walter no White th- baby.
2: Yeah, there's nothing else to talk about. That's it, Walter that's White it. is the fucking man. Oh, yeah. Um and Brian Cranston's performance as Walter, they shot the mo- they shot that show on film. I mean the it, that's ultimate, why it he's the, the ultimate way it gangster. Did. He is. He is Chemistry teacher
1: turned ultimate gangster. Heisenberg. Oh. So high on his own fame. Say my name.
2: What a goddamn great show. It ended perfectly. You don't have shows that do even the Sopranos had that I love the ending of the Sopranos now. Yeah. But it took me a while. I was one of the guys that got up and thought something was wrong with the T V. That, at the end. Yeah,
1: that night it was ty- it was kind of tough to deal it with. It was
2: very tough to deal yeah, with Yeah, it that. was
1: like a French ending. It's I like a French movie. It was definitely. It's like it ended and everybody was like what? 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 Wait! Wait! Whoa, whoa. Wait! Wait! Did I, to, I just see that? Right? Yeah. Do yeah. Have to right. Fill in the blanks myself.
2: And you yes, you, yeah. As yeah, a matter of fact, the only you do. way. I yeah. Mean, right. Yes, you do. <laughs>
1: I truly believed that one day he thought he could make a movie in the theater and really put a close, get some closure to it. That's it's such a, a shame. shame. It's, oh it's God. Just a, it's a. We said it at the same I was, time. Yeah. yeah it's I terrible. Know.
2: I know I was devastated when I heard I remember where I was I was at work I ran up to my buddy Darren who was working at another store up the block yeah we we're both big uh soprano guys we always talked about it and I saw it on my phone my phone started lighting up and I was like no fucking way yeah. I mean sopranos had only ended a couple of years before and and I don't know it's just unreal and he was in Italy with his kid ah what a fucking horrible thing God bless you, James Gandolfini. Yep. It's, it's going to be... Um, we're going to miss you. It's going to be two years uh, this June, actually, yeah, already. We're,
1: we're, it's tough. Unbelievable. But we actually still had three movies come out with you, and it yeah have been gone. So well, I do what tell we're going to do from this point on.
2: I'll tell you what we what we had by him to get off the Mafia thing for two seconds and then get yeah. right back on it. We had the fantastic Spike Jones adaption of Where the Wild Things Are. That was great. Oh, man. It was just... That movie is I don't care what anybody says. I love that says. movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I love him in that movie. I love his performance. I feel every bit of it. He did it so perfectly. What a beautiful movie that yeah. is. Yeah. Spike a Jones. A fant- he's a fantastic, fantastic filmmaker. Fantastic. He's just great. I fucking love great. Spike Jones,
1: man. He's great. Her. So But also Gandolfini did the drop with uh didn't the see new the, Marvin Brando. Good. <laughs>
2: Tom, with Tom Hardy, Hard. Tom, no, I Tom Hardy. I know yeah. yeah. I, I mean know. to have he's...
1: these two guys together. I'm sorry but Tom Hardy's performance is is just sublime. Really? Because yeah, you you just you just love to watch him talk. You love to see what he's going to say next. But, he's great in this film and Gandolfini is great as always. He's like the anchor. And what's
2: with the name of the movie is? is The Drop. Okay, okay. Yeah. This is a big movie, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was who directed. Ri- the it was know?
1: written by uh, Dennis Lehane, who did, who wrote Mystic River. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the town.
2: Right, right. right. Yeah, it, is that what it is? A crime, uh, the crime
1: drama? It sure is, it sure is. Takes place in Brooklyn,
2: and it's and it's Gandolfini, James, and Tom. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah,
1: that's fucking awesome. Yeah, all and, right. uh, I'm, all and um, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. Numi Rappas, who played the girl with oh, the dragon yeah, tattoo. Oh yeah, girl with the dragon oh, tattoo. Yeah. Also, oh my god this guy uh, matthias schoenhart what's his name um he was uh he was in what's it called oh it's a recent film hold on one second, I really yeah. want to get this down because he's one to watch he's in far from the madden crowd, which just recently was released. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but his name is matthias Schoenarts um he he plays uh this real seedy character in the film. And if you've seen anything he's done, he did a film called Bullhead. Okay. And it's a foreign film. Um it's I think it's in Belgium. I it, i just want to be sure. Uh he plays this guy who's like all juiced out on steroids and he he has this really shaky past as a childhood, something tragic happened to him. Okay. And now he's this like massive man who won't let anybody get near him and he and he just he's just great and if you see him in um in the drop you feel his his presence just jumping off the screen anyway just throwing that in there he's definitely someone to watch he's somebody to watch for this guy okay i got Uh, you nice yeah he's nice he's in the drop he's in the drop
2: all right i'm all over it When when did that come out even
1: uh 2014 or early 2014. I'm pretty I didn't sure.
2: Even, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was out for that long. Yeah. All right, yeah, I got to see that. We saw something together actually. Uh, well, you saw something. Um, I think people were gonna. Were, we got to pick up the 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 rest. We have a list here for you to go over to pay respect to the mob movies uh, to the. To the crime family movies and yeah. I th- maybe what do you think next week we we pick up a, on part two yeah sure that sounds a list, great. yeah we'll because we back. have other things we got to get through oh yeah uh, we definitely do we got a couple things to talk to you guys about um one of them uh i'd like to just jump into uh you saw something this week that's been uh causing quite a, quite a stir in the box office uh, you want to oh, tell the us. The Avengers. Your, what, yeah, what are you what what's, your, what, what's yeah. your take
1: on that? So I saw The Avengers Age of Ultron. I saw it in the IMAX theater, which was IMAX 3D. Okay. Um it this is gonna be the last Avengers film that Joss Whedon is directing. Is that true? Yeah. The, oh, it is passing the torch to the Russo brothers who directed the excellent okay action film what captain america winter soldier okay okay. which even if people are not watching superhero films if they saw this movie they'd be blown away really the 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 film the film is great the directors what they did with the film is great they have a great eye for action they have a great eye for shooting scenes they just really tore it up out there with this that's why what are they brothers yeah okay yeah um Get getting back to Ultron. Okay, Ultron. If if you take the Avengers, the uh, the Avengers Assemble, the first film.
2: Yeah, which I'm not nuts. I'm a not not a crazy Avengers guy. He, I'm even. A, I'm not even a crazy superhero guy or anything.
1: Well, that's that's fine. I mean, yeah, if it's yeah. not your genre. It's not your genre. But th- what they have been able to accomplish, um, Marvel Studios, as a result of their collaboration. Now that Disney owns them, I guess they have so much money for them to carry out to create these films. These films are beautiful. I mean, if you're a comic book reader, and those are the, these are the people who are going to see that, are people who love comics, who love the superheroes, and obviously who have children, and they're showing their children these films. These guys have been able to make these films so superior. It feels like these comic book pages are jumping off Jumping off the screen and the stories and the way they, they they get comedy into the film, just the right amount, not too much. Um, yeah, I, you I really, did
2: like I did like that about the first one. Yeah,
1: I mean you, you what they're able to do is that, and they spend a lot of time. The movies aren't short; they spend a lot of time. You get to you know you get to get into each different character's background. They did that great stuff where they made. A Thor movie. They made an Iron yep. Man movie, and then now they, you know, bring all these guys together. So it's essentially it's like what they've been able to do with television, right? Uh, is give us these characters, make films about them, and then bring them all together. That with is one pretty. Film.
2: That is pretty cool. And it must it must cost a fucking there, bundle.
1: And just there is an opening scene. I mean, if you're not seeing, what for this for the, Avengers, Avengers two? Yeah, in the Age of Ultron, they have a scene where you know the 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 Avengers are in are in the midst of like this little battle and the way they're doing it is they're jumping. The camera is jumping from one character. Okay. And and it it crosses kind of thing. Yeah. You're like right there with them. You're tracking them. You're, you know, and then you go to the next character and it switches around and then it, it travels to every character without cutting. And then the final scene is a profile of all of the heroes like heading in one direction. It's a, it's like a page of the comic book, just jumping off the screen, and the art is beautiful. The you, you can't get a you know a sharper picture than um, than um, IMAX 3D. I mean, it's jumping. Is that like, where you it's, saw it? It's so beautiful. I saw it twice already. You
2: saw it twice already. I went. How are you seeing twice. these things twice I already? I
1: saw it twice. I went once, and then I went with a friend who was going. I said, "Tell me when you're going." Both, we both IMAX. Both you times see? IMAX. Okay. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal and. Old. Better than the first movie? You know, I don't, it's, it's like, to me... It's just a it's, continuation? It's just a continuation, okay. you know? I have to say Joss that, Whedon, same was, cast, yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. There were some really good, like... scenes where you know these guys are all hanging out together there's a great scene where everybody's trying to lift up Thor's hammer which is (laughs) fantastic (laughs) just having them all assembled they're like hanging out having drinks talking you know talking shit that's Uh, cool yeah and then uh, you know it just it culminates into it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you have James Spader as Ultron and his voice is so great as the as the villain.
2: I don't um, even know what an Ultron is. Yeah, so, he's yeah.
1: basically a, like a robot that was created. It's like an artificial intelligence, but he. If you could just think of James Spader's voice, he does it so great. Because I love James Spader. He's so James cocky. Oh, he's he's amazing. So cocky. Uh, I've, so, I've loved
2: him since Pretty in Pink, since Tough Turf. Oh, my God, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, he's gotten he's amazing. a little strange
1: as he's gotten older. He
2: has, uh, but I yeah. like that I feel about like him. he's
1: become the actual guy that he was in uh, that movie, Secretary. Yeah, I've, I was just going to say,
2: <laughs> I, I, that's the movie I'm thinking of when you say he's gotten a little strange. Yeah, and now he, Yeah, he's, he's, he's gotten strange. Are you watching any of Blacklist? i do i
1: watched the first like four episodes of black that's exactly what i yeah did. i couldn't i don't like uh the, I wasn't you know the freak it. of the week episode kind no of show, I, you know? I can't i can't stay well said yeah well i can't do said. that you know every week there's a guy on the list they, they call they it do, serialized yeah,
2: apparently and you know what that. you know what whatever you call it i don't like that yeah. i like i like game of thrones i yes. like start at the beginning and and give you know what yeah. chop it up into twelve pieces for me Keep to watch blowing. every week, but yeah. don't but don't you start fucking throwing in a different Scooby Doo ending at the end
1: of every yeah. episode. I don't like fucking That's shows true. like that. That's no. a great way to put it. Scooby doo isn't Boy, that
2: man. what it is? Yeah, I yeah. have a good friend of mine, Lauren, that always says that. You know, they have the Scooby Doo fucking ending, and uh, you know, you figure out everything gets solved and wrapped up in the last in the last ten minutes of the yeah. show. I don't yeah. like shows. This time. That's not TV. If that's what people think the TV is nowadays, TV is not that. TV is now, it's instead of a two-hour movie, it's a 12-hour movie. And it's divvied up into one-hour sections and delivered to you every week, or if it's Netflix, all in one shot, like Daredevil, I just finished that, which is great, but the thing with Daredevil, to get off of mob movies for a second and just hop on this really quick. Yeah. Listen, Daredevil is uh the best thing about Daredevil was Vincent D'Onofrio and what was great was that he's supposed to be the bad guy, he's Kingpin by the end of the season. Um you he's such a good actor. You just don't you don't hate him. Yeah. You actually like him oh, because really? he's such a great I fucking actor. With the villain. You do because he's such a good actor. Right. So I loved Daredevil in the end. Uh, I completed it, and then and my final take on it is well done, bravo! You know, really, really good, uh, really, really good stuff. So you'd recommend me to watch that? I definitely get into that. You, yeah. you just just get down with just get down with four or five episodes. See what is what it? You 10, think. 12? It's thirteen altogether. All right,
1: thirteen episodes. And I'm
2: telling you, they went by so quick for me, dude. I'll check it out now. Uh, what else have you watched? Uh, you want me to do that quick sure uh, all right you, let me no, you i'll know. give you yeah, Well, let me tell you what I... Uh, yeah okay well this is the deal i went to Yosemite National park people west candela keep your eye on that um because i took some amazing pictures. shots thank you mm. my brother old boy thank you amazing shots so on the plane and during some downtime i had a chance to catch up on some stuff uh let me just run through this real quick first of all montage of heck h HP HBO showed the documentary and uh, I was able to watch it. Montage of Heck, Kurt Cobain.
1: Did that play in a theater?
2: So it's, uh, I don't think that it played in a theater. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, it is playing in theaters. I'm oh, wrong. it is, okay. Yeah, directed by a guy named Brett Morgan who also did the, um, Brett Morgan did the um, documentary Um. On Robert Evans, the kid stays in oh, the, the picture. Kid stays in the picture. Yes, yeah, he did that, which was yeah. fucking great. So he did this. He had the permission of the entire Cobain family. Apparent, apparently, it was really Francis Bean that got him the most access His and daughter. made as possible Kurt's daughter, yeah, who has striking eyes and looks like him, and they. I thought this might be there's another documentary coming out it's a uh conspiracy piece on on his murder theory on the theory that he was murdered yeah i don't know if you know anything about that serious yeah they're saying that that courtney love conspired to have him killed because he was trying to divorce her and he was trying to get out of the business jesus and uh she hired a private investigator to find him right around the time he left his last drug rehab facility. And this private investigator started looking for Kurt, but started noticing her behavior being weird. And he has ever since then, since 1994 been on this quest to tell everybody that he thinks that she had something to do, that she faked the suicide note that she had him murdered and she covered it up. And, uh, And they have a shocking amount of information. It's enough to make you wonder what happened. Anyway, montage of heck, because I heard it was authorized by the Cobain family, I was afraid we were going to get a uh, really polished, whitewashed kind of a, uh, like a, like a like a puff piece on Kurt Cobain and on his marriage to Courtney Love and on his family, and that is not what you get at all. No, it, it looks actually like there's a get. lot of
1: home video footage.
2: A lot of home video footage. It shows you him shooting up, well, not shooting up, but being very high, very dysfunctional, very fucked up. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's disturbing. It's a documentary, but it does some justice to Kurt uh you hear from a lot of people you hear from his mom which disturbs me because he didn't get along with his mom he uh you hear from courtney which just always disturbs me because i just don't believe a word out of her fucking mouth you don't hear from francis bean from his daughter but you hear from chris Alec and uh and it's great it's a good they did a great fucking job and I, I thought I was gonna hate it I and mean, I fucking what's, what's loved the it.
1: perspective of the documentary? Are we talking about they start like,
2: with his life, they start with his youth, they yeah. start with a broke his broken home, you know, his family got divorced, his father pretty much abandoned him to his mom, and his mom abandoned him to his dad, and he had to end up going to live with an aunt and live at friends' houses and this was pretty much a lot of his youth. Yeah. His dad started up a new family and didn't invite him into it and it shows where his longing to belong started and his pain started and it moves on towards his affinity for music and how he learned how to express through music and art and how he's always been really creative and they show these animation scenes in between and a lot of it's narrated by him um actually they use they use recordings from him and it brings you up into him forming Nirvana and then Nevermind taking off and how he instead of like went after doing his next album and making a lot of money and going on a lot of tours he fell in love with Courtney Love he started using heroin more he had already used it to because okay, he had, so this, you're, yeah, he had you're, a stomach I you ailment were say that he no started she with her yeah we always thought that but in fact he had already used it and. Uh, and he uh he got really deep into it to cure his stomach ailment but they both started doing it together then she got pregnant then she kept on using heroin then her baby is born and her baby is addicted to heroin and they have to detox her fucking baby her baby oh my god born with a heroin addiction
1: You got to be kidding me
2: it was just so fucked up yeah so um
1: Dude, when did it, when did it, fame go to his head because like i heard that he was not nice to pearl jam (laughs) and that always bothered me (laughs) no i i I like i really do like nirvana's music yeah i I love pearl jam more than i love nirvana he was a
2: little bit he was a little yeah he was a little bit uh critical of them because they were both coming out of the same camp uh the i know that him and eddie vetter made up though uh technically um before, before his death. Well, why did they have to make up? Well, they, because they, uh, Nirvana went on record. Well, not, not Nirvana, but Kurt Cobain went on record and said, I think they're really nice guys, I just don't like their music. And he th- said that I think that they're, th- that they're a safe pop band. So it was a pretty, pretty big insult.
1: Something about them being like a pop version of Nirvana. Yeah. Like you guys are trying to be like us, but the pop version of us.
2: Right. Right, right, right.
1: That's some harsh words to say. It's harsh.
2: It is. And then in the end, they made up. Um, So I saw that. It's great. Check it out, guys. It's actually not... um, It doesn't contradict anything. I I thought that they were going to give you a polished version again. You see his mom talk, but his mom comes off like she is. Uh, I think she's kind of... She was a bad mom, and she tries to say how much she loved Kurt, and and everything I don't buy it I don't know and and Courtney Love doesn't pretend she was a great wife she just tells it like it was and and the director Brett Morgan has gone on record and said that nothing was edited nothing was nothing no cuts in the film were forced by the network or by the family he was allowed to make the movie he wanted to make so you're getting a real accurate portrait of of Kurt However, they say that he committed suicide right after they're done telling a story, and in, in, in the in the in the film at the end of it, they say that he committed suicide. And I, I I don't know about that. So, but moving on, Daredevil got done. Told you it was awesome. Nurse Jackie is on right now. Final season, excellent. Brought that up before. I finished the Americans on my way to the Yosemite. That show is fucking great. Carrie With Russell. Which season is this? This is the third season. Um. And uh, it's written by a guy that used to work for the CIA. So this is based on actual case files. Uh, it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper cell. A sleeper family. Um, two people: man and a woman. Kerry Russell and Matthew Reese is the gentleman's name that plays the husband. It's the they're the Jennings family. They were born in Russia, and they were raised to be to be KGB agents to be. Um, a fake American family they were taught how to speak English at a young age in Russia. they were trained how to infiltrate and they passed secrets onto to Russia, living at, undercover as an American family in the early to mid eighties um during the during the Cold War when Reagan is president and Gorbachev is i think Gorbachev's in office i don't know if he is actually i don't know I might be wrong about that but but uh it's tense, and you can see both perspectives. You can see the side of the Russians and you can see the side of the Americans. But what the highlight of this season was the new addition of Frank Langella as their Russian liaison between them and KGB headquarters. Oh, he's great. Langella is great. So now Langella is in the Americans and it was amazing. The season was fucking awesome. Kerry Russell was great. They were all great. At the end of the season, you get a real big shocker and a real big betrayal, a huge betrayal. And I don't know where it's going to lead us in the beginning of season four, but it was it was it was a shocker and it was upsetting and disappointing and it sucked to watch. And uh, big things are going to happen. They planted a lot of seeds, so I see good things for the rest of the. I, for the next season
1: the, the guy who plays The husband I mean He's great He's great He came out of, To me came out of nowhere I haven't seen him I've in never, other things. I
2: haven't seen him In anything else And he He holds his own Fantastically um, And
1: I love the balance In the first season Between the two Where she's like Die hard mm-hmm. And he's like Conflicted
2: That is still going on yeah. You know He's getting a little bit Americanized And He's very protective Of his children Whereas she Wants to start Recruiting her daughter because yeah. she was recruited at a young age, so she she believes in it. She's completely brainwashed. Yeah, she's completely Russian. And she pulls so it off fantastic. She does. She yeah, really, she's, really does. She's great. She she does some. I mean, this might be the best work of her career. Penny Dreadful is back on people. Season two. Now I've rewatched a little bit of season one, and now I've started to watch season two. And Old Boy. Yeah. I have to tell you, this is a glorious tribute to horror folklore. It's Frankenstein, it's Dracula, it's the Wolfman, and now with season 2, it is the Bride of Frankenstein. We get to meet. Wow. It's a new take on all all of these characters on the
1: original universal monsters.
2: Yes, who is the uh, guy that doesn't get old ever? Um, Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray is in it and it's the second episode so far, uh and what I've seen you know, Eva Green plays a woman who is possessed by the devil. Timothy Dalton plays a man who lost his daughter to Dracula in the first season. Josh Arnett plays a protector, but he, we just found out in season one something very interesting about him. The guy that plays Dr. Frankenstein, his name is Harry Treadway. He plays Dr. Frankenstein. He gives a really passionate performance uh, in, 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 in the show. But it's not, uh, you know, it's not him, I think, that really gets me. Josh Arnett does something great in the show also. You're seeing great acting from these people that you've never seen before. But um, uh, it's the man who plays uh, the creature. His name is Rory Kinnear. Do we know him?
1: Is he a British actor?
2: Yeah. We, we, yeah Rory Kinnear plays Frankenstein. He's not known as Frankenstein in the show. Um, he's actually a very famous British actor. You've seen him in quite a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, he he is younger than I am. Oh, <laughs> people. Oh, people. He uh, he was in that show. There's a great show that he was in called um, Black Mirror, which everybody should be watching. Fantastic. He was in Quantum of Solace. He was in Skyfall. He's in Spectre. He plays, who does he play in Bond? Eh, He plays one of the good guys. He was in the imitation game. He plays Frankenstein, the monster, and he plays him so well, just beautifully, just beautifully. This is not the Frankenstein that you think. He was abandoned by Victor Frankenstein after he was created, and he had to teach himself English, and he learned it by reading poetry and teaching himself how to read books um he's reanimated he, he had died of horrible death so he has a really awful scar on his face so women won't look at him and he can't converse with people so by the end of season one he really wants victor frankenstein after if he finds him again and he tells him you know as a condition of your abandoning me to make it up to me i need you to create a woman for me I want a wife. I want a companion. <laughs> That's crazy. And that is where the Bride of Frankenstein comes in. And the way it plays all together and who she is and uh so great show. Bride uh, uh, Penny dreadful. They're doing amazing work. Eva Green, amazing work. It's just great. And you've got...
1: I'm going to watch it. You have to... You said it's only eight episodes the first season, so I'm going to watch it. So the first
2: season is only eight episodes. You've got another woman in there named Helen McCrory. Now, for those of you in the know, Helen McCrory is the wife of... um, uh, um, Damian Lewis. And who is he? He is the man from Homeland. He's actually English. He's an English actor. Nicholas Brody. Nicholas Brody. Helen McCrory was also in another fantastic show with Cillian Murphy and Tom Hardy called... called Peaky Blinders. And the last thing she says in season two is... Don't fuck with the peaky blinders. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The Peaky Blinders is fucking rock and roll, people. It's an awesome show. What Check it out. What a cast. Yeah, it's it's a it's excellent. It's a, it's an excellent show. So uh she is in Penny Dreadful also. She's worth mentioning. She looks like she has a bigger role this season. We saw her last season for one or two episodes, but she looks like she's she's got a pretty big chunk of this this season. Um that is what I've been watching. I got a lot watched uh, on my way back and forth to, uh, to uh, what do you call it, to uh, Yosemite. So the only other thing that I can say is Thrones. What are we thinking? Do I have to say Game of?
1: The Game of Thrones, the last episode, was my favorite episode so far episode this year. Episode
2: five, season fucking five. Awesome awesome yeah, i was blown away the show's doing awesome yeah. i mean the best show on tv
1: yeah and this I think particular, particular say that. episode was edited so perfectly oh, we got a piece of so many different things going on we
2: did there's so many characters wonderful um so much stuff is happening now uh in this show great um denarius right and then we have a kidnapped uh Tyrion. Who, by uh, traveling Mormond. In the
1: boat yeah, Mormont They're traveling in the boat through old Valeria when they look up and oh, see the dragon. Oh, that's
2: awesome! I got the chills. That was what fantastic. An and the you, stone people, and now did you catch that? Mormon is infected. Yes, oh, he's got the gray scale, he's got the gray scale oh, on his arm. That sucked. You saw him pull up his sleeve, and I don't know, man, it was like, shit it was almost like. It's almost like Robert De Niro knocking over the phone booth in Goodfellas when we found out that Joe Pesci was killed, which we're seeing on the screen right now. Um but uh Thrones is looking good for this season. We got we got four more episodes left. I'm not nuts about Daenerys' boyfriend, the guy that they cast, because he's also in Orphan Black and he was also in that show Tremain. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I I I liked him in Treme.
2: Yeah, I liked him in Treme, but in season three of Game of Thrones, they introduced a different actor yeah, playing he, that yeah, role, and I liked him up. so much better. I thought he was so hardcore. Um,
1: this guy's a little too blasé. He's just
2: too, yeah, he looks like he smokes weed, doesn't he? <laughs> he,
1: he definitely just, comes off very, too laid like back. He needs he's a like, fucking yeah. shower, he's man. A burn, he's a burnout.
2: He's a burnout. Yeah. Silicon Valley's awesome. Bates Motel ended and it ended on a really fucking hairy listen, Norman is fucked. He just killed the chick. Like when the camera packed up, you saw Norma whacking this chick's head against a piece of wood and all of a sudden the camera pans in and pans back out again and it's Norman. His mother says, look, we'll clean it up in the morning. And he says, okay. And they both go walking up to the Bates Motel together. And then the camera backs up again and you see that he's walking alone.
1: The age of psycho has started. It has
2: started. It has begun. He's already dressed up as her. He's already talking like her. He's referring to Norman in the third person. Bates Motel people, I can't talk enough about this show. Orphan Black, I'm having a little problem getting into season three I'm just not loving loving it, but it's only three or four episodes in, so I don't know. Wolf Hall, uh, Damian Lewis uh, retelling of uh, I hear it's it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, what what I've seen. I'm I'm on episode four right now. Who is Damian Lewis playing? He's playing the King of England, King Henry, King Henry, (laughs) Henry, Henry, Henry. Henry. Listen, guys, it's fucking six thirty-four in the morning. Nice, but we're here for you. Viking season three. I'm almost done. I have two episodes left. Vikings rocks.
1: Is it as great as the first season? Y-
2: yeah, you know what I love about Vikings. Uh, it might be a little sloppy, like like Sons sometimes can get, could get, um, but it moves quick. Like it it covers a lot in a little amount of time, and you know they they wait for seasons to pass so they can go and read different villages and different countries. If they're going to Paris now. They got there in less than one episode, and now they're already reading it. Uh, they're already reading like, the walls of, of France to get into Paris, yeah. to loot it, and, uh, and to pillage. And it's awesome. So, so Vikings season three, it's done already. I just got to finish up, but, but I'm a big Vikings guy, dude, and I, and I love it. Uh, I love what I've seen so far. Now, you and I saw something. I don't know if you want to talk about it at all, but uh, X Machina. We saw, yeah, dude, I loved it, loved it. What oh, the man. fuck, dude? That yeah. o- Oscar Isaac's that that movie was great. It ended great. I thought the ending was fucking daring,
1: dark. It's very dangerous to talk about, though. It, it, we don't want to. We can't say anything. Yeah, it's still, it's still fresh out there, and I'm, pl- I'm sure plenty of people have not seen this film.
2: You're on a trip with these people. Uh, very good, very, very good movie. I thought.
1: You know, thumb thumb thumbs up from me. Yeah, thumbs say. up. I mean Alex Garland, he what did he write? Twenty eight days later?
2: Twenty eight days later. Yeah. And now he wrote and directed this. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and and he picked that beautiful actress, um, Alicia Vikander. I think uh, that's she, how you say her name. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And she does a great job. Now did you like it? I thought it was great. And okay. the and the, the whole but the whole thing rests on that ending. Yeah, I mean, it just really—it does because it, it's it's a meditative film, and then the ending is just bam.
2: Oh, that ending just whacks you in yeah. the face, man! Yeah, yeah it's hardcore.
1: Uh, you were going to say something about a uh, uh, guy that we've been speaking about, Neil Bloomkamp. He recently, via Instagram, I'm sure plenty of people have heard whispers about this. He submitted a script and some uh, artwork for Alien, and he, Ridley Scott, saw it. And he's going to be making the next Alien film. The next Um, Alien is not.
2: You're not talking about the sequel to Prometheus. You're talking about no.
1: There's going to be. It's going to be an Alien film that's supposed supposed to pick up at the end of the second film, Aliens. Excellent. Uh, I did hear that um, Michael Bean is that how you say his name? Michael Bean. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be in it. Um, Sigourney Weaver is going to be in it, obviously. Great. But this guy's pumped because he's a big science fiction guy, and oh, that's he does great. it right. I mean, we've he's, talked about him he's before. He's a,
2: he's a wonder kid. Yeah, yeah that's he's, he's, he's amazing. The, yeah, he's... No, that sounds great, especially him tackling it. Oh, my and God. And they're bringing back... So they're doing like a Superman's return thing. They're ignoring the last two, and they're just going back to the end of the great one. Exactly. Aliens by James Cameron, exactly. which is... Oh, oh, that movie is fucking perfect. Aliens is an amazing movie.
1: Probably, like... The Matrix sci-fi action. Yep, that's what this the Alien sci-fi action. Excellent. Excellent. Right up, you know, right up there with uh, the Matrix. I yep, mean, I agree totally. Great, great film. I great totally film. agree. For him to pick it up from that movie, and you know, that's not, brave. I don't like to take anything away from Fincher because he did Alien Three. But it just wasn't what Mm-mm. it wasn't what it should have been, and, and we didn't see what he wanted us to see in the end. That's yeah. There was a lot you know? of yeah, a lot of talk about what his vision was. You ever watch that wanted. work
2: print, by the way, that that of uh, Alien Three of his? I original. think I did. You know, they the didn't work, finish all of the yeah. effects, so yeah, you're watching. It looks, yeah, it looks yeah. funky. Yeah, a little, a little funky. Yeah. But I got a little bit clearer of a picture of what he wanted, and he he was, he it was, I would have been a good movie, man.
1: Well, because he is who he is. He is He's who a he is. Fucking
2: David Fincher. Yeah. So he said, fuck you, Fox. I'm going over, and I'm going to go do a movie called Seven. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. Fantastic. The things you own will end up owning you. The things you own will end up owning you. The things you own will end up owning you. All right, so Hyena is the name of the movie, and uh, one of my favorites, Stephen Graham, a.k.a. Al Capone from Boardwalk Empire, uh, is in this film. Tell
1: us a little bit about what we're about to see here, because I don't know anything. So basically you have a brutal British film that is about these cops that have just completely lost their way, instead of it just being like one cop, you have a couple of cops working together and they're like a gang. And Is this like uh, the U- UK cops? Yeah, UK okay, cops. Okay. And they're dealing with these Albanians and these Turks and it's it gets ugly. And the realism, the brutality of this film, I cannot stress how... This guy pulled it off. Nicholas Wending Riffin oh, made a comment oh, oh. about this film, and he said, "This is the future of crime films," oh. and it it is just it rocked me. Um, Guys, the director's name is uh, Gerard Johnson. Okay,
2: what has he done anything yeah, else? Yeah, he
1: did this. He did this film called Tony, which was a uh, a British serial killer film. Really creepy. Really, really effective. Okay, you, you can you can see. What his deal is when you see his films, he he's just got this quiet eeriness about it. And and the like I said, the brutality is pulled off. I mean, there is not giving anything away. There is a scene where one of the characters in the film is brutally murdered and you don't see it happen, but you see like a glimpse of it happening. And then you see the aftermath and the whole thing is just it just rocks you. It just rocks you okay. great film. I can't recommend it enough fucking a um, all anybody right. who likes crime films This is the deal.
2: Check out hyena hyena. All right, so we're gonna watch the trailer I'm seeing it for the first time and uh, take a walk down uh, Trailer lane with us if you would be so bold.
1: I Just I hope there's some dialogue like, because it's really you think the placement yeah. like Michael Logan wouldn't exist
2: it's like a sledgehammer. They exist
1: because they're good at their job. Visually arrested. They do good work because the they sl- become untouchable. Well, this is the 80s. And if we don't stuff come like that now, we'll end up working for them.
0: Target for us at the moment. Here he is, Graham. He's a family of two brothers. Oh. Very heavy traffickers Very heavy It's pair of bastards You put us down for drugs We do the same, man eh? You put us down for murder We take you down
2: <laughs> Brutal huh? Brutal Awesome Fucking awesome
0: A good cop Always helping That's why we picked you can you stop eating?
2: Wow. Stephen. Graham.
0: If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours.
1: know, I mean, Yeah. And it's not even Graham who. No, it's not. It's this guy, uh, Fern- Fernan- Fernando. Yeah, Ferdinando. Okay. His name is Peter Ferdinando.
2: And, I mean, that's who they're talking about. That's who... Uh, He's great. He is great. I think Michael... Uh, I think Stephen Graham, I've been waiting for him to get something, some kind of... Uh, some kind of film presence after watching him in Boardwalk chew up the, the every scene he was in. Him along with uh Michael Pitt and yeah. uh and especially Jack Houston playing Richard Harrow. That's who he is. Yeah Richard Harrow, yeah. And Stephen Graham playing Al Capone, and uh, and I, I'm glad to see Stephen Graham's doing some more stuff. Here. I would
1: love to see him as the as a starring role, like just the main yeah. guy, you know, the that's leading exactly role. That's exactly
2: what I mean. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I I, I, I hope we see that. He deserves it. Yeah. I mean, and he's for anybody
1: it. who hasn't seen This Is England and the series, oh, This, is, this England, is England, man. He plays Combo, the skinhead. <laughs> so great fantastic it's disturbing it hurts it's
2: amazing in summation yeah we got some more crime films to talk to you about we're gonna do that next time yeah um, we look forward to it we're gonna shut down now uh,
1: anything that you wanted to say quickly about the first
2: look of Tarantino's The Hateful Eight I know that you had mentioned that maybe well, you had something uh, you yeah on to the say. cover
1: of Entertainment Weekly we're getting our first pictures of Tarantino's new I western film I saw the pictures How's yeah. it, what are you thinking what's your feeling on it great cast
2: who's the uh, who, who Kurt
1: Russell Samuel Jackson Jennifer Jason Lee
2: you can give me a br- oh Jennifer she Jason is so raw. Uh, yeah I love, her. I it, love very her.
1: underrated oh my god
2: I think it's about time that uh she she gets recognition for Christ's sake Shit, um yeah.
1: Michael Madsen is in it Tim Roth Michael is in it Michael Madsen. Bruce Dern is in it mm. and a very uh underrated actor Damian Bashir he was on the Bridge TV series. Uh, uh, who does he, pl- he, he, he play? He plays the cop. Oh, he's the, the Colombian. Cop.
2: Oh, I love Mexican him. Cop. I fucking
1: love him. Yeah, man. he's great.
2: He's fantastic.
1: I can't wait to. You know, I can't wait to see what he's going to do because he says it's 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 more like it's more like a Reservoir Dogs. Uh, you know, I I hear it's quite like uh, claustrophobic. Is it? Yeah. These these guys, all of these bad people, are trapped inside of this. Like hotel in the, in the West, you know, just stuck there with each other, no, not trusting each other. So the hateful eight, the hateful eight. I don't know. Who knows? We're, I gotta just trust him because I love him. Because you, you he do, does. you do love, love him. him. Yep. I yeah. Do. He's got his own genre. He, he does. He is. He is the master of his own genre. Hey,
2: not many, not many filmmakers can get recognized by their name that fast exactly. as he did. Yeah. And now, Reservoir Dogs. Then Pulp Fiction, and he had also written fucking True Romance and Natural Born Killers. Forget it, and that was it. And by the end of 1995, everybody knew who the hell Quentin Tarantino Tarantino was, and we were all waiting for Jackie Brown. First first rock star filmmaker. First rock star filmmaker, man, really. It's not easy to do. No, 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 no. It's not simple. What we're saying here is... It's
1: time for us to go. It's time
2: for us to go. So I'm Wes. And I'm old boy. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, again, we're going to be back next week and we'll give you part two of what we feel about mob, the mob in film. Yeah. Maybe we'll hit on some Asian stuff. I know that you like that. I
1: love that. Yeah.
2: Very, very very knowledgeable about that. Um, cache. Is that, um, that's not really, no, that's French. We had a big debate about what was considered, what was, what was, what was appropriate for this, for this. So, uh, mob films, for mob films. But for now, we're signing off. So we want to say we love you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Look forward to our podcast with that Play, Matt Candela and John Nuzzi. Uh, Candela Strong, baby. And um, we've got to figure out what in the hell we're going to do. But I don't know. I'm just sick of being ashamed. I mean, aren't you?
1: Pump up the volume. I don't mind
2: being dejected and rejected, but I'm not going to be ashamed about it. Hallelujah. Okay, people, we're out. God bless you. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Listen to Hard Harry for a minute.
0: You know, even the show isn't real. This isn't me. I'm using a voice disguiser. I'm a phony fuck just like my dad. Just like anybody. You see, the real me is just as worried as the rest of you. They say I'm disturbed. Well, of course I'm disturbed. I mean, we're all disturbed, and if we're not, why not? Doesn't this blend of blindness and blandness want to make you do something crazy? Then why not do something crazy? It makes a hell of a lot more sense than blowing your fucking brains out. You know, go nuts, go crazy, get creative. You got problems, you just chuck them, nuke no, them. They think you're moody, make them think you're crazy. Make them think you might snap. They think you got attitude, you show them some real attitude. Let ah, I me mean, go nuts. Get crazy, hey! No more Mr. Nice Guy!